Welcome, boils and ghouls. It's time to get weird in the valley with the Fright Stuff podcast. Join best fiends and film fanatics, Rob and Lori, as they forge a fearful discourse on what's fresh in the horror community, as well as curious, odd, and unusual local activity, paranormal and otherwise. Now, here are your ghost hosts, serving up your fix of The Fright Stuff. So, part two of the summer stuff, Andy Sedaris. You know, it didn't even occur to me, I meant to bring this up earlier, it didn't even occur to me that this has literally nothing to do with horror. <laughs> I don't care, though. I was so excited I, when the subject came up. I was like, yes. There was I, no question. I, I disagree. There's some horror elements in Hard Ticket to Hawaii. But pretty much only Hard <laughs> Ticket to Hawaii. But yeah. I, I will take that. We'll, we'll just, yeah, we'll, we'll just go ahead and say I, I would buy that. Yeah. So, yeah, so when you came up with this idea, um, for those people who don't know about it, um, Andy Sedaris was a director um, from the, I mean, effectively, he started in the 70s and then um, uh, 80s, directing a series of film called The Lethal Ladies or uh, Bullets, Bombs, and Babes or bullet, b Bullets, Bombs, and Boobs series. <laughs> There's also one other, and I can't remember what it was. There there were the three Bs, but then there was also like guns, something, and something. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's just crazy, but he's, he's got a lot of monikers there, but. So, so he, yeah, he's a, he's a guy, um, we'll go into the history, but he's a guy that did, what, 10 12. movies? 12. Yes, 12. Um, 12 movies that were all basically James Bond kind of softcore ripoffs. Yeah. And uh, starring amazing. Playboy. <laughs> but amazing. Yes. But so good. Um, and uh, one of the movies I, I lo absolutely love. So one out of 12, I guess that's not bad. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, uh, I so you had done some research on Andy Sedaris and I did too. So where, where did you kind of like see his So like, it, it's funny when you, when you go to look into his life, you can obviously you can find information, but almost everything that you look up has to do with these kind of really campy movies like they, they want to focus on the movies more than his life so basically what i found out is he was the son of greek immigrants he was raised in louisiana and when you watch his films as far as andy sedaris is concerned there are only three places in the world <laughs> there's louisiana there's dallas and there's hawaii that that's is it, it. yep that's and really it. what else do you need um, and in his early life, like you mentioned, he was a sports television director for ABC. This is the late 60s, early 70s, yep. I guess through the 70s. Um, this blew my mind, and you probably came across this, but did you know that he won an Emmy? He did yes. uh, for the Olympics. Yes. But he also did something for football that most people don't realize. He came up with the instant replay, mm -hmm. the slow-mo replay, mm -hmm. and, of course, the honey cam. Yeah, the honey but, shot. But the, uh, the, the instant replay and stuff like that, that's stuff that's utilized now for every yeah. single sports in history. And this is the guy who came up with it. Yeah, he was, I guess, uh, Monday Night Football is kind of where he really kind of figured all that stuff out. And he was just really interested. He's like, look, showing the game is great. He's like, but... People are watching from home. He's like on their television. And at that time, there were no DVRs. There was yep. no stopping and rewinding. 
So it makes sense that he's like, hey, why don't we just do this, you know, in the break, just show an instant replay in case somebody missed it. When somebody's up getting a beer or going to the bathroom yep. or whatever. Um, and the honey shot just made perfect sense because he's like, look, guys like football, but guys also like hot chicks. He's like, so if there's a hot chick in the audience, he's yep. like, you know, we're going to find her, put the camera on her. It's going to be fun. Everybody's going to be and it. I mean, you know cheerleaders and stuff like that he would focus not on just them doing their cheers but them just kind of standing around and watching the game and stuff like that just yep. you know there was a hot chick around which you know he was it, into it oh do you know who gave him his emmy who presented it i don't joe namath <laughs> i know i was like what it, no. i mean it's interesting because it, as a as a cinematographer and, and director for this thing i mean it's it, it was huge mm -hmm. for for football and then yeah he apparently really just wanted to make movies like that's really what he wanted to do so i know he did some tv stuff like he did mash yes um and a couple of other some uh, of the shows. big names from like the 70s because yeah. i was reading through and i was like oh i know that show but i mean i of course i might not have seen that one episode he got to work on maybe kojak or something i don't remember um but yeah he i guess he kind of i mean i don't know what made him leave sports i i didn't find that out but other than maybe just him really wanting to do these films. <laughs> maybe. Um, so, so yeah, I, I saw that his, so his first movie is the, the it's not the race car, um, but it, it's, a, it, it's, it's a racing movie. And then he goes on to do another movie called Stacy. Yeah, I saw Stacy. I don't know yes. what that's about. So it is... So he does something that Thomas Harris did. So if, if you don't know who Thomas Harris is, he he wrote, um, and I'm sure you do, yes. but he, he wrote uh, Red Dragon, Silence of the Lambs, and Hannibal, and Hannibal Rising. So when he wrote Red Dragon, he's like, hey, I'm going to rewrite this with a female star and call it Silence of the Lambs. And it's basically a remake. Michael Crichton did that with Westworld turning it in Jurassic Park. Stacy is Malibu Express. Is it? And it's Malibu Express is just a remake of Stacy. Okay. And separating out, separating out Stacy into Cody and then his uh, female star. Oh my God! So that's what Malibu Express is. Then he does a movie called Seven, which is hard ticket to Hawaii. <laughs> so he was his biggest early fan. He was. So he does these. He does these three movies, and then he's like, "All right, let me let me actually do this like like women spies thing." Um, Seven apparently, people are convinced is actually a part of this. It's the, the 13th because one character appears in both um, Seven, Hard Ticket to Hawaii, and Picasso Trigger, the professor. Oh. Same actor, same character name. And that's rare for him to do, which I, I wanted right. to talk about later. That is a very rare thing for Andy Sedaris to use. Not, not for him to use the same actor, but for him to give them the same part. Right. Yeah, um, that's rare. He did that, he did that for the beginning parts, but yeah, so they they think that seven's really the first the the, the really the, the first one and then it goes into malibu express but yeah he just remade his films his first two films of this series are remakes which is interesting i know that is very cool see i didn't know that um he there is an andy sedaris website that is still run i think by arlene i believe his wife who mm -hmm. was his producer on many of his films um 
so I, I did visit the website because I was like, well, if he's got a website, let's see what it has to say, right? Sure. And I, I already loved Andy Sedaris, but this just made me, this solidified it for me. Just some of the words that they used. And I, I have to, you have to humor me here because these are some words and I'm, I'm excited okay. to say them, right? So he was described, this is from his website. I'm not going to do word for word because that would have been a lot of writing down because I don't have a printer, but because I'm old school. Um, he's a trailblazing action movie auteur, right? Now... You mean voyeur? No, auteur. <laughs> and voyeur. Yeah. So, yes, I do mean that. Um, so, if you're not familiar with... If you've never seen an Andy Sedaris film, okay? And I imagine there are people out there who haven't, and shame on them. The films that he made were hard like gritty and sexy like super sexy like boobs everywhere like if you walk out the room and walk back into the room chances are there's gonna be some boobies up on the screen just that's just the way he rolled right now having said that his movies are shockingly non-exploitive they're they're not they do not exploit women they they do the opposite actually Usually the men, and it's always, now, <laughs> we have to put it into context here. These movies were made in the 80s and the 90s. The aesthetic is 80s and 90s. Like, yeah. is it Cody, the, the curly-haired dude? Um, in the Just first the, one, yeah. Oh, God. He's, he's got the big magnum mustache. He's got this big mop of, like, really kind of 80s, big, curly, weird hair. All the clothing is, lots of body glove. Yep. So much body glove. Um, but anyhow, the men are often portrayed as these bungling, you know, kind of idiots. They're very clumsy. They can't get their gun out in time. They hold the gun really weird. When a woman busts out a gun, it's huge. And she's an expert marksman. She's the one making the plans. Yep. So that to me is really amazing because Andy Sedaris is like, look, I love beautiful women. He, he featured Playboy and Penthouse models most of the time, Julie Strain, Sybil Danning, Donna Spear, which we're going to talk about later because mm -hmm. I love her. Gorgeous women. But he's like, they don't need to be dumb. I mean, even, even in some of his films, like the little bit part women, yep. they're just sitting around, you know, being all cutesy, maybe singing a song here and there until they're kicking ass, right? It's amazing. Um, and he carries that through most of his films. Um, he <laughs> so we had talked about him reusing characters or actors i'm sorry reusing actors it's he the same it. villain in every goddamn it's, movie it's the same villain but he he did this thing though and i think it's super charming he called it cleaning up the dossier so like if he had a person play the bad guy in one film or a woman play kind yeah. of like a, a, a antagonist well, in his next film, they got to be a protagonist. He did it with Julie Strain. She's a bad, bad girl, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden she's like the star, and she's kicking yep. ass and stuff like that. And I think that that's awesome. You know, if you're going to be in the films, you don't always I, have to be the bad guy. I agree. It's, it's also interesting. So he, he was interviewed when he talks about his filmmaking ideas. One, he wanted his series to be family-friendly. So <laughs> he, he said, yeah, there's boobs in there, and we would throw them in there whenever, but... There's no below-the-waist shots. Mm -hmm. You don't actually really see sex 
Right. You, in any of these things. I wouldn't even call them soft cores because you see breasts and they kind of kiss and stuff, but it's the most awkward sex scenes yes, ever. It, it is. Bless them. It, it is. And so if kids were trying to watch this to learn what sex is, they're they're never going to get it right. No, they're just going to see a lot of boobies. So, so yeah, he thought these were family friendly. And he also couldn't understand why filmmakers make movies hard for themselves. He, he had talked about in one of his interviews in the 2000s before he passed away in 2007 um, he talked about Castaway and he said it's a brilliant film because I love that film and he goes stupidest fucking thing I've ever seen and the reason why he said that is apparently they went to an island that was remote they could only get to it by boats um, at certain like low tides and things like that and he goes why didn't they just yeah he goes why don't you just film it in Hawaii there's beaches everywhere it's easy to get to and it doesn't cost that much so he's trying he's he wasn't trying to be cheap with his films he just didn't see he the was being need smart really yeah, he didn't see the need to put millions of dollars into making it you know super gritty and super realistic when he was just trying to have fun yeah so yeah and Molokai the the main mm-hmm. you know uh, base for most of his films I had a friend who lived in Hawaii, and Molokai is the not-so-nice part of Hawaii. Now, granted, it's still Hawaii. Beautiful beaches. I mean, you've seen the scenery. Hard ticket to Hawaii. Hello, frisbee guy, right? Um, just just beautiful, but still, he, he took it one step further. I, I There was some kind of a quote that he, he gave a reason for Molokai, and I think it had something to do with price. He's like, there's nothing wrong with it. He's like, I don't understand. He's like, why wouldn't you want to be here? He's right. like, all the actors and actresses were super happy with it. He's like, the crew was like, this is vacation, you know. So I think that that makes good sense. He was he was smart. And I mean, I guess you could call him, and he always plays a sleazy guy if he's in the film. Yep. He play, plays some sleazy, like, ass-grabby dude. But I think that he really cared and he really wanted to make something entertaining and these films are nothing if not entertaining i i will say this um so and and i know we'll go through like all the films so people can like follow through there is actually some continuity between the first five or six Mm -hmm. like they try (laughs) they really try like Like edie's edie's is in every film yeah and then it goes away for one film and then comes back it's real (laughs) weird right um but yeah they they edie they, there's like B plots that go through like Taryn in the first well, from Hard Ticket to like Savage Beach. She's got kind of this like she's not really part of the agency. She's a wit- in witness protection and she's got this one guy that she really likes who's a sports caster. And they kind of like have them like talk about that. It's got nothing to do with the plot. It's just extra. Um, so I appreciated that he was trying to like have some continuity and then he just loses all sense of it because what it doesn't make sense to me is it's the same for I think nine or so of the films like this one um, villain who played Seth in Hard Ticket that actor is like in almost every other film is he the one with the really bad accent yeah. Yes. Okay. He played Seth, um, so he's the one to get bit by a snake, and then oh, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Picasso Trigger, they think he's the main bad guy. Sorry, spoiler alerts. They think he's the bad guy, but he's not. He's really working for Picasso Trigger. And then in Savage Beach, 
he's working for like Peru <laughs> and he's trying to like steal the money to, to make it communist again. It's so weird, but apparently Andy Sedaris falls in love with this guy and he's like, you're, you're my villain. Yeah. Like that's, uh, you're just, you're amazing. You're, I can't do any better. Yeah. This is it. So what they do is they get this guy to either grow a beard, put on a fake beard, add the most ridiculous wigs on the planet to this guy. And it's the same <laughs> because the guy's trying. I love it so much. He becomes an actor. Like he does like a lot of other stuff, but in these films, like he just seems like the same guy. Um, so it's, it's interesting how he's like, all right, I'm going to try to save money by not getting new, ca- you know, by not getting new cast. I don't want to have to pay for casting. Let's just keep the same thing. I don't want to have to pay for sets. Let's just do Texas, Louisiana and Hawaii. Uh-huh. And He's he's just having fun, but man, the plots are so ridiculous. They are, but it makes sense if you know a little bit about Andy Sedaris, because one thing I learned was in Hard Ticket to Hawaii, there is this completely bonkers random scene where Taryn and Donna are on the beach and they hear this noise and they look up and there's a teeny helicopter coming at them. Teeny. (laughs) And you're just like, what the fuck is that? He had an obsession with novel gadgets. Like he loved RC cars. He loved the little RC boats and he'd put them out in little speed boats, little helicopters. He loved like absolutely absurd, ridiculous weaponry like if there was any little new gadget that could go on a gun he apparently it was it was i read somewhere he was in like a gun shop at least once a week asking for new shit like what do you got what do you got so when you see scenes like that he was just putting shit in movies that he really loved like there's no i don't remember what they're doing but it was before drones but we watch it now and we're like well that's a fucking drone right so kind of get you know kind of groundbreaking really so um so to kind of set it up, and I'll explain what they were doing because I, I remember, I've got, I've seen Hard Ticket to Hawaii right? so many I have times. To, I don't remember exactly why that came into the scene, but I'm glad it did. So the whole point of the films is there's something called the agency, which has, it's housed in Dallas, at least that's what it seems is like. Is this lethal? Yeah, this is like the whole tell lethal. Me, tell me what lethal stands for. I don't remember. Oh, I do, I do, I do. I was hoping that you would know. I was going to quiz I you. Don't. Oh, okay. I don't. No, when not you good. see it written out, it's L dot E dash. Or dot. So it's legion to ensure total harmony and law that's what lethal stands for <laughs> i wish people could see your face yeah right it's now. not a it's not a good face it's like <laughs> all right it was like i've got a i've got a word yeah, yeah i've got a word i gotta make an acronym i know but it's so good so so lethal the agency um which doesn't <laughs> the actual name doesn't show up it must not show up until after savage beach because Although I tried watching Savage through. Beach 2 is where it comes into play. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I I stopped at Savage Beach. That was my, you like, I, not, I could not get through all 12. You did not, not watch 12. Return to Savage Beach. I couldn't Beach, get through though. all 12. Okay. Um, I tried. <laughs> it's just, they got repetitive. Um, but this, this agency has, and it's such a weird setup. You have this, it's housed in Dallas. They talk to these guys on the main island of Maui, and that's usually the Abilene's. For some reason, not another Abilene. Yeah, I know. They even mention that <laughs> every guy in the damn series has the last name of Abilene. He I don't really know, like that word. I don't know why. He just liked it. So I guarantee that's the only reason. How many brothers and cousins uh-huh. do they need? They're all the same age. They never look 
the same either. Like they're never no. Like they, they couldn't be related. And right. There's no way. They're like, oh, that's my cousin or brother Cody, and it's like what? And then you have Rowdy Cody, Rowdy, and oh, then Rowdy's Randy. The best name. So, what they're trying to do is to stop, I guess, drug smuggling uh, in Hawaii knows, I guess. because it's always about drugs or money. Like that's that's it. These these villains don't have like big plots going on. Right. But in Hard Ticket, so the, the whole point is they're growing marijuana. Oh, that's right. So they're growing marijuana. And how they, how this got Mr. Chow, who's an Englishman, um, <laughs> trained well, by the Chinese, but uses samurai swords. Mm-hmm. So well, sorry, like Andy, you, you got your Asian stuff mixed up. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's, he's using the helicopter to put little um, dime, bags of diamonds from his oh, boat. That's where the diamonds come from. Yeah, all the way. And he flies it on a little helicopter to go over. See, that's So he can dumb. avoid customs. I know, but that's just dumb. That <laughs> it's is not so a smart dumb. That is like dumb. And what they do to put it back is that they put like little like gold bars like to like switch. Like they're not putting the drugs on the, on the. So oh, if Lord. you have a way of getting the drugs back to you that's not through this little helicopter, why don't you use the same way to give them the diamonds? So, and that that's the whole point of Hard Ticket. That's why it goes bad because someone else finds the helicopter and they act like it's North by Northwest when they first see it. They <laughs> see know. this tiny ass it's helicopter so and they're like, oh my God. And they start running away from this thing. It is literally a <laughs> RC like tiny helicopter. It's, it's maybe not even... a foot and a half long. Maybe. <laughs> it's so dumb. Now to be fair and Maybe they don't know this, but we know this. If something can blow up in an Andy Sedaris film, it will. It will. And we see this with the sex doll. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see this with a man doing tricks on yes. a skateboard. I mean, if it can blow up, it will. And so, he... <laughs> you know, these girls maybe should have been fearful. Maybe. So I don't want to like harp on hard ticket. I, I do actually. So of the movies that I saw, well, that's his magnum opus. It, I mean, it we really have is. To... It's the second film in his effective series. Your shirt. Yes, I'm wearing it. Yes. You bought me the shirt. Yeah. Um. So, it it really is the best, and there, there's a reason. So hard ticket has everything you need. One, the the women stand in positions that are not comfortable or natural, and really are just trying to show off the crotch. Sure. Because they, they put have... that leg up thing, which I'm doing for Lori right now. Um, I've got shorts on. Yes. But yeah. And your shorts are nowhere near as short as their shorts no, are. Cause, no, no. Because not many people can wear Even shorts your shorts short. yeah, are not as short as their shorts. Wow. <laughs> and they fold. So as if their shorts weren't short enough, they then fold three times. Donna Spear and Taryn, when they're on the Jeep and they're driving, and this hurts me right now. Yeah. They have their leg like over the door. Uh-huh. I don't know how you drive like that because I think that was a manual Jeep and you need two feet for a manual. Well, these girls, <laughs> these girls can do some things. They can. You know. So. As long so, as there's a hot tub. Yeah. So you've, you've got the women that are doing really weird things. It's so funny that Rowdy can't shoot and they, they have a whole like shooting scene where he misses everything yeah. but the guy and they make fun of him for it. It's got an amazing soundtrack oh. and they actually do like a James Bond level song for Hard Ticket to Hawaii, which is actually good. It is one of my very favorite soundtrack songs. I own it on vinyl. I believe you do too. So do I. It is, I'm I'm planning on listening to it today because 
I keep looking at your shirt and I keep reading that first line in the song. Yep. I sing it in my head. So it's, it's amazing. It, it's, a, it's a great song. They have really, actually, some pretty beautiful shots of like the plane going around. Um, and I think, as, as low budget as it was, I think it's the highest budget that he ever decided to put into a film. Probably. Um, and it's just... There's there's so much going on in the movie. There's a there's a snake puppet that, which I love the line. It's a venomous snake that has been eaten eating cancer infected rats. Yes, and that's why it's toxic. Obviously, he doesn't know how cancer it's works. It's a cancer toilet. Right? <laughs> yeah, and then he gets, he gets into the septic tank and uh-huh. then pops out the toilet. Uh-huh. Oh God, it's so great! And that's that's at a point in the movie where you feel like it's over because there's <laughs> yes. been so much action, and poor Donna is just done, it, and she's sitting by the toilet, and then this <laughs> happens. It just pops out. Yeah, it's amazing. But I also love that he doesn't seem to understand how bazookas work or rocket launchers because sometimes Andy Sedaris, Andy Sedaris, because sometimes the explosions are very tiny, mm-hmm. other times they're very big. Hey, we don't know what was in that sex doll. <laughs> we don't know what kind of gas was in there, Rob. We don't. By the way, the reason why they had the skateboarder in there, even though that actually was like a professional skateboarder, in Seven, the main villain was a skateboarder. No. So that's why... See? Yeah. Science. I love it. So that's why he like he's like, I'm going to put the skateboarder. And that skateboarder has the worst line in the movie. Oh, he's... I dread uh, telling Seth, like, uh, or... It's like I dread telling Seth the bad news. The reason why I'm confused on it is it never, the line never makes sense. Mm-hmm. It, it's not how someone talks. None of that movie is how anybody talks. Can you say, can you say the word that Donna says? That... I'm trying to say life, but <laughs> she adds every vowel in the English language into this lie. She only does it in that movie. I think she must have like watched it and like, wow, I can't. That's not how you say that. And she fixes it. Her accent like disappears. She, it's, it's a weird draw yeah. with extra syllables. Yeah, you got you to gotta worry about your life. Uh, and it's uh, like, <laughs> what? So, this is going to be a really obnoxious. <laughs> when people listen, I'm laughing and I'm literally right above my thing. So I'm, I might snort. Who knows? It, but. It's so weird. Like she t- doesn't talk. The, the way people talk. They have a guy who is in a couple of the films. He looks like Tim Heidecker from Adult Swim, like Tim and Eric, awesome show. You know the guy who's Seth's right-hand man and he's very monotone and he doesn't have the, any inflection. The dude that stands in the background and just does this? Yeah. Yes. Like, yes. He's like, oh, we've, we've got we've to gotta go kill those bitches. Oh, and yes. it's And that he's guy. so monotone. He's monotone in the next film. He tries so hard oh, to like... Bless him. Yeah, he tries so hard to have like inflection. But they put a a, um, a pantyhose over his face. When he's going to go like... When he and the strong woman yes. go to like get the diamonds back, for some reason they're hiding who they are. I Even though this. they're planning on killing these two women. If they get the diamonds, they you were know, planning on it. pantyhose just hide a, a number of... <laughs> he was more understandable with the pantyhose on and oh. his face scrunched than he was with it taken oh, off. Oh, bless him. <laughs> I felt so bad for him. But he does look like Tim Heidecker. So if you've seen, I don't know if you've ever seen like I've Tim Ghost. I know of it, but I've never I, seen I'll, it. I'll have to send you a picture. Like the guy, he sounds and looks exactly like him. Um, 
But so yeah, you got these actors that are trying their damnedest, but they just suck. Falling a little flat. And then he decides to add in probably some of the worst dialogue for like, I mean, I know he's trying to be pro women and stuff like that, but he adds some of the most sexist dialogue into this movie that I've ever heard. Um, and I hope you're not offended and I hope people are listening oh, aren't I've offended. Seen it. I won't be offended. But I want to talk about Ashley. Ashley. He was the host of Edie's where he says, <gasps> yes! Hey girls, I'm going to give you the best seat in the house on my face. Oh yeah. And then they go, why? Is that because your nose is longer than your dick? <laughs> See, there was a good comeback. <laughs> there was, but then he's like, oh, he hey, Whitey, when you go down on there, you're going to be smelling the back of my head because I'm going to be already down there. And that's just fucking gross. It is gross. <laughs> and he's like not even, because we already have a host at Edie's, right? Like we have Edie. Yeah. Why do we need this comeback? But there he is. <laughs> he's maybe only just, in that film. Maybe just to deliver his skeevy lines. And the way they set it up, Ashley has worked there forever because he already knows Rowdy. And Rowdy's like, hey, I need to borrow your yes. car. So he's like, hey, Ashley, good to see you again. So this guy's worked there forever. He's harassing every woman that's coming in there. Every single woman. And they all just kind of go, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, they're just like, oh, he's just the local creep. And then you have Whitey, who's played by Andy Sedaris. <laughs> so I didn't know that was his name. His name is Whitey. Okay. He's a sports um, mm -hmm. caster and uh, and a director and he says the worst line in the movie a woman sits down in front of him and she says I don't know why I'm here you practically raped me last night and he goes Charlotte that's the past I'm thinking about the future yes <laughs> I it is not good I'm sure he did that on purpose because he's like, I'm only going to be in this one scene. I'm going to say something really wild and crazy, <laughs> which I'm sure he thought was witty. Um, it is cringy. Yeah. I mean, it's probably not the cringiest thing in these films, <laughs> but it is cringy. Yeah, she does say. Now, she says it, though, and he, he doesn't deny it. He doesn't deny it. But the thing is that's confusing to me is she's still there... I mean, yeah, okay, One, it's one thing to say, I don't know why I'm here. Well, well there you are, though. Like, right. And she yeah. stays with him after that. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, you know I love you, baby. You know I love you. <laughs> I mean, he's just, he's got that fake sportscaster voice, so he's working it. <laughs> and if you, if you watch the film for the first time and you don't know that's him, you're like, who the fuck is this guy? And then I found out later, like the first time I saw the film, I didn't know who Andy Sedaris was. Yep. But then when you... No, it doesn't make it any better, but I'm just saying, you're kind of like, well, that was an interesting odd choice. Okay. So he's like trying to do like a Hitchcock thing where he wants to appear in his own movies. Yeah. Or Stephen King, but he just picks the weirdest Yeah, that might not characters. have been the best choice. But, well, you know, whatever. So, so Hard Ticket's amazing, and we could spend, God, an hour yes. just talking about Hard Ticket. But it goes Which, on. In all, in all honesty, we probably should, because <laughs> some of the other films are... I wrote all 12 down. And have you seen... You haven't seen all 12. Uh, no. I, like I said, I stopped at Savage Beach. So I saw Picasso Trigger, okay. which I do I want to too. talk about. So Picasso Trigger for me, it's weird. It's the, it's the movie right after Hard Ticket. Uh -huh. Donna 
and Taryn are still the two main stars. Mm -hmm. It's now, I think, Randy Abilene or something. I don't remember which Abilene, but it yeah. is another Abilene. Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not Rowdy. He's very feathered and very tight-jeaned. It suggests that Donna and this other Abilene already have a relationship because she's getting jealous right. over him with a lady what named Panther. No, Pan... Pantera? Pantera? Yeah, Pantera. Yes. It was so, something which is real weird, but whatever. <laughs> so she's a she's a metal band. Um, <laughs> right. So, Screamo. So yeah, then you have... like, And, the, and the, the plot line for Picasso Trigger, I think was Andy Sedaris trying to be like, all right, I'm going to do like a real Bond level oh, villain. Lord. So I'm going to have the best assassin in the world and he's going to get assassinated in the beginning. Right. Which and is it, weird. And it turns out... Picasso Trigger is his code name. It's his code name, but also a fish. An actual Picasso of painting of a trigger fish. Yes. And I was he's... so confused for a minute. <laughs> I was like, wait, is this a fish? Is and the movie opens up. Yeah. And I did, by the way, I didn't know those were, they were called trigger fish. I had no idea. I didn't know Picasso drew like 1980s I don't think he did. hotel art. I don't think he that did. That is not a Picasso, for no. fuck's sake. It is a realistic picture of a fish. It it's looks a like nice, Audubon level. But, yeah. But it's maybe a with nice, a little gold fleck or something. Yeah, I don't it's know. It's a nice painting. It's lovely. But apparently it's worth like billions. Oh, like right. it's the most expensive painting ever. And he's got it. And he gets assassinated by Seth from Hard Ticket to Hawaii, who's not Seth anymore. Now he has a big wig, and I think it's a real beard, but okay. I wouldn't be surprised if it's fake. Okay. Because it's a if it's a real beard, that poor man can't can't grow a beard. <laughs> um, I feel bad for him if that was real. So he's he was Picasso Trigger's subordinate, and Picasso Trigger didn't want to kill the rest of the nine families or whatever. They're trying to do like a godfather thing with wow. the Latin. Yeah, yeah again, glad, I got glad, into this. I I'm was listening. you got all of this out of that film because I got none of it. I got the fish part. And I was like, other than that, I have no idea what's happening right now. So, so what this guy's trying to do is kill off like every single um, in, you know, leader of these other families as well as getting rid of the agency. So he starts just killing off agents, which Picasso Trigger never would have done because he didn't want to Across the agency. He didn't want to get the heat on him. So Picasso Trigger's dead, and this other, you know, Seth, I'm just gonna call him Seth because I don't know what he's called in this, but it's the same, <laughs> it's the same guy. guy. Right, yeah, right. we Seth. know who you're talking about. So he, he starts, you know, um, just killing off all these people, and they try to kill Donna and Karen and Taryn, but they survive. And you wouldn't, and for some reason, they don't know that they've survived, even though they're always flying around in their damn plane, like afterwards. Do they have their leg out, though? They don't have their leg not. out this time. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. So, this is why Picasso Trigger gets bad, and like the rest of the series for me, I just kind of trailed off because they stop with a really cool soundtrack. Mm -hmm. So, that's gone. This movie has just some guy in a synthesizer. Can, like some canned synthesizer. Yeah. Weird. That's right. exactly what it right. is. Um, they, they don't do that. They, they clean up how they talk, which the charm of Hard Ticket is now gone because they're really trying to act, which I, I'm not I'm not judging Donna Spear for trying to improve her acting skills. Right, but it wasn't it's not for as this. charming, though. Yeah, it's it not for this. It loses a lot. Yeah, be, be campy. Like right. it's With the this movies, level film, do yeah. it. Just, just have at it. It's like Picasso Trigger's like, all right, we're not going to be campy. This is a serious, oh, God. serious film. No. And they introduce 
even though reintroduced, because we didn't know what his name was from Hard Ticket, but if we'd watched Seven, we wouldn't know. They introduced the professor, who's supposed to be like Q, and he makes these weird gadgets, and apparently, even though he's a genius, he doesn't know the difference between Sweden and Finland, and they bring that up because he calls his girlfriend Finnish, and she goes, I'm Swedish, and he goes, I don't know the difference. Let's oh, bang. Oh, my God. <laughs> and she's like some... 20 feet taller than the guy. Right. And like older, but pretty. Yeah. And I was just, I don't know. This whole thing is... It's so right. weird. I know people are like, I can't follow this. You're not supposed to. No, and I, that's why I'm so excited to hear you tell me what it was that I watched. Because I watched it. I sat down and watched it. I didn't do what I normally do, where I put a movie on. In the background, do your other around, stuff. do some other stuff. I watched it. So far, the only thing I knew for sure was the fish. Because I'm like, what? I don't even... Was, yeah. Julie, was Julie Strain in this one? I don't... I, so I don't recognize Julie Strain from, like, like seeing her. I don't, I don't know. Julie Strain, to me, is the penultimate, like, I 80s know the name. and 90s woman. She was this statuesque, Amazonian, absolutely gorgeous creature with this big, massive, just pile of dark, curly hair that she always wore... Almost like in a... I don't think so then. She okay. definitely wasn't in this. You, you, you can't miss her. And I, I, I... She must have been after Savage Beach. I think she was in Savage Beach, maybe. Okay. But kind of the name... I watched probably... I'd say I watched at least seven of these. And I couldn't tell you what the hell... Because I, I put them on... It was there on Tubi. And I made myself a list and I just let it run through. So they were just playing. Nice. But... It was essentially, I, d I did the same thing you did. I would lose interest and walk out and walk back in just to see, like, a screen full of boobs. And I had no idea what movie I was on, but they were all pretty much doing the same thing. And which, that's the thing. Yeah. These movies, the reason, I think the reason why Hard Ticket's known as the magnum opus is because it stands out. All the others, they're kind of the same. Yeah, they really, truly are. I mean, and if it's your thing, I mean, it's excellent. I would, I... Actually, after after researching this episode and talking with you, I will own the twelve, the twelve right. box set. I, I I just have to. I I need to have them. I need to own them. But they're they're not great. No, it, after but hard ticket. But hard ticket is, is awesome. So so Picasso trigger that they introduced the professor. By the way, this is the only time they introduce him. Like he's okay. gone after this. Edie disappears for Savage Beach for some reason and then comes back. I don't know where Edie's goes, but they get some other lady like Rachel or something and she takes yeah. over. Um, but Heart, Picasso Trigger does have something that I loved. It's got continuity because Jade's still in it. So Rowdy's gone, but Jade is still there. And Jade is this dude, he's supposed to be a Kung Fu expert. Who gets shot in the chest? And oh, he's Jade. the guy who gets shot. Is that shot his name? Jade, the dude with the really weird hair. Yeah, he's got he's got this really weird, like slicked back hair and a ponytail. But he's like real jacked, almost like a rat tail side yeah. pony thing. It's it's weird. Okay, he's um he's real jacked, right? But he's into karate. They have that real homoerotic scene, kind of. In. Yeah, where they're like fighting. Yes, and I'm like, just just do it, guys. It's We're fine. already here. It's right. fine. Have at it. Let's do this. He's the same one who says life's life's a bitch and then you die. Right. Oh, <laughs> like wow. that's his big Sage. that's his big scene where Sage. he's like, I'm gonna kill this guy. 
Um, so yeah, Jade is in that next one because mm -hmm. he and Edie are a couple and they continue that into yes. the next film. He rescues her at one yeah, point. He does. And in, 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 the, in Picasso Trigger, they're still a couple. So I'm like, good for you, Andy Sedaris. You're not having them cheat. Meanwhile, Donna Spear is screwing any Abilene she can get her hands on. <laughs> she has an Abilene thing. Edie is monogamous. So, so Donna Spears' character, Donna, Donna Hamilton, I'm mm, sorry, that's, right. the, that's the name. They added an extra N into her name because Donna Spear only has one N. She does. <laughs> but Donna Hamilton has two. Um, she gets jealous over this Abilene guy. He's working with Pantera or Panthera or whatever her name was. Yeah, it's something like that. She's like this new person on the scene and Donna doesn't trust her. Spoiler alert, she had every reason not to trust her because she's a double agent. Big surprise. Oh, no, shocking. But Pantera and the Abilene guy have the weirdest sex scene I've ever seen in a movie. And I've seen The Room, but this is a weird sex scene. They are up against a wall. They both have pants on. And then it just fades to black and then they have sex. But they're like, they're trying to like make out, but they're... They're not making out. They're like kissing the sides of their mouth. I know the scene. It's just weird. It was awkward. Let's, yeah. let's just... Awkward, yeah. Yeah, and then when, you know, it, and me, immediately he goes and sees Donna and she's like, oh, you're with Panther. And he's like, oh, are you jealous? She goes, why would I be jealous? I'm not into you. And then they're in bed the next scene. Yeah. It's and so weird. It's, and it's so not Donna, really. No. You know? And they're just under sheets. So, like, it's not even, like, supposed to be a sexy scene. They're just, he's on top of her in sheets. And, and I'm, I'm like. I'm wondering if maybe this was Andy Sedaris trying to, like, elevate the level of Maybe. This, right? Like, he was just like, you know what? People expect to, to see this from me. He's like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to not. I'm just not right. going to do that. We're just going to show the after, and it's it'll be implied. That'll be my my next level up, right? It's right. just going to be implied. So I don't know. Taryn continues her little love affair with the other sportscaster that works with Whitey. The weird blonde dude. Yeah, the weird blonde dude mm -hmm. who's not Shades, but he's the other guy. Right. Well, Shades is dead. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, so because he throws. They have one scene in <laughs> in Picasso Trigger where they're where Whitey is golfing and he does like a 90 foot putt and he's like oh this is easy i got this and they're like a hundred bucks you don't have this and he's 90 feet away and putts and with no problem he's like see that's how you do it kids so there's andy sedaris back in picasso trigger and then taryn's relationship with this guy ends because it goes to savage beach okay and this is now taryn's last film we don't know this she just disappears after Savage Beach. She's not. She's in just gone. Donna's still there. Ladies return to Savage Beach. She is not in that. Right. One. Okay. And All right. I don't understand why Donna Spears not in Return to Savage Beach. I thought, or is she? I don't know. I don't think she is. I think Julie Strain is the Savage Beach chick. Big curly yeah, hair. Yeah, she must dark, have come back for that. But she was. Um, but Donna was was on Savage Beach with with Taryn, so Donna and Taryn get, like, marooned Okay, I'm confused then. Where does Malibu Express fall? I thought Malibu this was... Express is the first one. Okay, that's the first one. Okay, good. All right. Right, I so was... it's Malibu Express, which was uh -huh. good, but not quite as good as Hard Ticket. Right. Then you got Picasso Trigger, then you have Savage Beach. And Savage Beach is... So 
Picasso, uh, so Picasso Trigger turns out he was never dead, and that's the reason why he's a Bond yes, level villain. Which confused me because it, I it was doesn't like, make any sense. no, I saw you die, dude. It wasn't even like a good pretend. Like, like there wasn't even a slight possibility. Yeah. I don't know. It, I, he got shot in the head, but it was a double. He had gotten a double. Oh yeah, who I looked that. exactly okay, like him. I missed that. So that, I was like, yeah, you you don't get shot in the head and then just be like, no, I'm okay. For those of you who don't know, and I don't know the actor's name, but he plays Jesse Katsopoulos' dad in Full House. This is Picasso Trigger. Oh, really? Yeah. No shit. Yeah, because that's where I recognize her from. I'm like, that's <laughs> Jesse's dad. That's awesome. Um, and then he shows back up in Savage Beach. Same guy, different role. Now he's an admiral yeah, for see, the Navy. He, he had his dossier cleared. Right. So now he's... He's not a hero, though. He's not a bad guy. He's not a hero. The whole point of Savage Beach is apparently um, Japan had stolen money from some communist country, all these gold bars, and they gave it to this one submarine, and they were like, hey, you're going to go out this way, and this, what they really wanted to do was smuggle the money. They weren't going to do it for the Japanese homeland, which that's not how it works anyway. So... That that boat crashes and only one guy eventually survives from that boat, and he's this warrior. He's just known as the warrior on Savage Island. So thirty years go by. Is that the dude with the mud on his face? Yeah, okay. it's he's supposed to look super old, but Which can, yeah, again confused me because I was like, <laughs> who's this old dude? Then I think he got wet, and I was like, oh wait. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, he's not old. He's just dirty. So he's supposed to have been there for like. 30, 40 years. So he's supposed to be an old dude, but he's not. They just put mud on his face. Yeah. And he's just living on this island with these pigs and chickens. And like they had had him on the boat. And I guess that's how he's lived because he breeds and kills the chickens. And, oh. Which is fine. That's whatever. He, again, Andy Sedaris trying to explain how a man could have lived on a deserted <laughs> island for years. In the Good for you, Andy. You're trying, to, you're trying to layer that. So... The gold bars get stranded, and then I think it's Peru or it's some South American country, which is where the gold was stolen from. Seth is now the ambassador from this country, and he's like, hey, we just want to get a return to our land. So he's working with the admiral who's working with the federal government, and they're basically willing to, like, split the profits. So the admiral's doing kind of something on the side with this guy. He's not a bad guy, but he's not a good guy. And... They, they find this one island through this whole thing of trying to find out um, where these boats could have gone, which boat was it on. They have these computer things, which they're all using these floppy disks, which floppy disks have very little memory on it. And the stuff they're doing on the computer, there's no way they had the data from that. Oh. People are getting killed and replaced left and right. Um, they have that one guy, and that Asian actor, you know the guy with the really long... Um, like, like really long Fu Manchu mustache. He was in Big Trouble from Little China. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's in this just randomly. Oh. Yeah. Um, so he's in this and he's like one of these assassins. What? Which one is Pat Morita in? Uh, do or die okay, or something. Thank yeah. You. I, I wanted to make sure I wasn't mixing up him up with Fu Manchu no, mustache no, no, guy. No, no. Different that, guy. Yeah, different guy. He's the guy. Okay, he, I can see him in he, my head. Yeah. Um, he's in Big Trouble. He had a, a huge thing in uh, the movie The Raid. Um, he had a huge role in The in the Raid. If you haven't seen that, that's great. That's a, oh, my God. That's a great okay. movie. Um, anyway, so in on Savage Island, they, they finally figure out where this one boat is. In the meantime, this one Navy 
private or whatever. I don't. I know it's not private. It's, <laughs> it's whatever it is. Um, Seems like he's been seemingly killed and replaced by another bad guy. Um, and so you're, and they don't address it at all in the movie after that up until the end. It's very weird. So the whole time you're thinking, okay, the the admirals with this one, you know, lackey, seaman, private, whatever. That private's a bad guy. I, he must be working with Seth, the other bad guy. He's not. So Seth betrays him. They get on the island. Meanwhile, there's a big there's a big storm, and Donna and Taryn get stuck on the island. They get marooned, and they run into the warrior, and the warrior tries killing him with a samurai sword because apparently he was carrying one. And everywhere. Yeah. And then he takes a liking to Taryn because he sees her blue eyes, and then all of a sudden he's like, he wants to save her. So, so this is this is very big trouble in Little China. Yeah, it's very that part. Yeah, very. Um, so the admiral and and Seth and the not private, um, you know, hidden assassin, they arrest Donna and Taryn and lock them up because they don't know why they're on the island. They think they're after the gold too. Oh my god, this is just yeah, it's so involved, so involved. They find the gold and then you find out that Seth had been working with this communist group uh, to take the money to fund the communist party and then they're betrayed by their own people who just want the gold for themselves so Seth gets shot at and his girlfriend gets shot at and by the way the only two people in the entire movie that ever get naked is Seth's girlfriend in this movie Donna's not sleeping with anybody neither is Taryn yeah oh, that's it's disappointing. so weird I'm not even watching that no, they I, might I, I, I think, did watch I think one. they have one like scene where they're in a in a uh, a hot tub well, that's with a couple other people. Thinking. Yeah, that is where they do their best thinking. I mean, that is a line in the just, movie. That's where I go to do my best thinking. So, so the the warrior takes a liking to Taryn and then fights off these guys and then now they're fighting this other group that's in there. Everybody gets killed. Seth gets blown up for the fourth time in the movies that he's been in because he always seems to get blown up. That's how this guy dies. Just blown up. Always blown up. Um, and then the admiral's like, hey, we're fine. And then finally they say, yeah, uh, the the private was actually a CIA plant. So they've got the agency and the CIA, so and they don't could, know about each other. There could be, like, five less betrayals in this film, and <laughs> yes! we would be okay. There's betrayal right? after betrayal after like, betrayal. After a while, it just becomes... <laughs> it gets old. It's muddied, and it's just too hard to keep track of shit. Yeah, and then he kind of, like, falls for Taryn, and Taryn's in, into him, and I'm just thinking... Where's the guy that she had for the other two films? Like, is well, they didn't break up? Like, what happened? So, Taryn's a cheater. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, at least, at least with Donna, she keeps it in the family. Mm -hmm. But Taryn's just going after any blonde-haired guy she can see. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm not trying to slut shame or anything. I just feel like if you're in a relationship, you should break it off first sure, before going with someone else. Pursue your whatever. Right. Um, okay. So, kudos to Jade <laughs> and Edie. For remaining a couple. Yes. I just want to say that. And and that was surprising to me. There's a scene where Edie gets kidnapped, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> lady napped, I don't know, whatever. Um, and she's all tied up in this convoluted, weird, super uncomfortable looking situation where her Very arms BDSM are just, looking yeah, thing. Yeah, like some crazy knots and shit and whatever. She was supposed to be tortured. We know what was going on. Yeah, we know. We're Edie. <laughs> Edie who just infamously in this just she's the one that will just change yeah right like there, She'll doesn't just change. Be, there doesn't have to be any sex or no man involved it'll just be Edie in a room changing right it's just amazing to me this whole situation but anyhow yes uh 
Jade. I didn't know that was his name. That that really changes a few things for me. But um, he comes in and he's going to rescue her. But he says something to the effect of, oh, well, this is going to come in handy. And yeah, I'm like, exactly. dude, stop. You know what? It's so wrong. He loves her. He's now saved her from, and then the nunchuck-wielding lady dis- disappears and then gets blown up. So the whole point, the reason why I'm, and I know it's, it's hard to follow. These movies are that hard to follow. The reason why I stopped after Savage Beach is I'm just like, this is too much. I'm following, yeah. but I'm, I'm holding on just yeah. by the bare skin of my, you know. So I, honestly, I it. the best way to approach it is what I did. Get yourself onto Tubi, make yourself your list, and then just let them play through and go about your day. Come back into the room whenever, sit down, watch 10 minutes, Kind of figure out which film you're on because they're all entertaining, but you don't need to watch the whole thing after a certain point because it's just too much. <laughs> because I, I ended up, I've seen Malibu Express. I think I've seen the Dallas Connection. Um, some of the later ones like, uh, like Do or Die, I knew that Pat Morita was in one because one of the tropes in Andy Sedaris films is it doesn't matter what the dude looks like, he's going to get laid. Because yep. Pat Morita gets himself some penthouse playboy somebody <laughs> in that film. And I am i can't even wrap my head around that. Like, I don't even want to watch that one now. Because I'm like, I don't think I need to ever see... Uh, what was his name in Happy Days? Uh, oh, God. I know, right? I, I never watched... I, guess, I know that. what you mean. Right, but I don't ever need to see him just get into that... <laughs> No, I just hey, I don't. I just ah ruined uh, my childhood. But the, anyhow, uh, just like they said about Captain America, look, Mr. Miyagi fucks. I Let's know, just... <laughs> and of course, Captain America fucks. Jesus, people, <laughs> good lord. Um, would this be a good point to mention a little a bit about Donna Spear because she does seem to be. So some of the actors are like I think that. Um, Sybil Danning is in a few, but she mm-hmm. doesn't really have big parts, right? Nope. Um, she'll just be in here and there. I don't know the name of the chick that plays Edie, although I did see her. I found two Joe Bob interviews with Andy Sedaris. Mm-hmm. They're amazing. If you can find them on YouTube, look mm-hmm. them up. Um, but Joe Bob's interviewing Andy Sedaris, and in one of them, the chick who plays Edie is with him. Girlfriend is fucked up. I don't know if she's high or drunk or yes. high and drunk. Yes. But she is just like a wandering eye over here and just like rolling around in her seat and oh, just God. giggling and and then when she tries to contribute to the conversation, it it it, it hardly makes any sense. <laughs> um, and there was a reason I started to tell you that, but I don't remember what it was. Uh, I don't know. But anyhow, Andy seems to have his favorites. And Donna Spear, I think, to me, was one of his favorites. Like, She's it's in like, seven of the movies. It's like Hitchcock's Tippi Hedren, right? Like, yep. he, he really, really liked her. And I I I love her. Like you said, she, she has a weird inflection when she talks. And she's badass. And she's got a banging body. And she's not always, to me, like, the prettiest girl in the room. Like, but she's pretty, right? Like, sure. she's... So I wanted to know what she was up to. And for some reason, I was under the impression that she had gotten herself into a bad spot. And honestly, I thought she was deceased. I thought that she had passed away because of her troubles. It's not the case. 
She's a motivational speaker now, right? She's a motiva- She's called a, it's a weird, she made up the name, uh, like a recovery something, expert recovery life something. Basically, she's a life coach now. And I went to her website and she is stunning. I think I sent you I, I, I the did. picture. She's, gor- she's had enough work done where she doesn't really look like Donna Spear anymore. But she's still beautiful. I, I would actually say she looks better now than she ever did. She looks amazing. Like, mm-hmm. ridiculously so. Apparently, and this, is, this might be a little triggery for some people, but I found it fascinating, so I'm going to mm-hmm. put it out there. When she was 16 years old... <laughs> I know where you're going with yep, this. Yep. She wanted to be an actress. Um, a friend of the family, a neighbor knew this and knew she was an aspiring actress and thought she had enough potential that he took a photo of her to a man that he knew that was in the biz. This person happened to be Mr. Bill Cosby. Yep. Right. At the age of 16, Bill Cosby sees the picture of this stunning blonde-haired creature. Little 16-year-old, just tight as a drum, you know, beautiful girl. 27 years her senior. 27 years he's what yeah he's in his 40s right he sees the picture and he's like well yeah i'll obviously help her break into showbiz so he comes sweeps her away takes her on the road because bill cosby at that time i think was i mean he was acting and shit but stand up also is doing stand-up so he's on the road and he just takes this 16 year old girl on the road with him Basically squirrels her away in his hotel room while he's doing his thing, yep. plying her with drugs and alcohol. Her family's cool with it because they're like, it's fucking Bill Cosby. Of course she's fine. She's out seeing the world and meeting people and, you know, working on her career and it's amazing. In the meantime, she's drunk and high as fuck until he comes and needs her services and, yep. and you know, basically forces her to, I mean... You know, basically have sex, whatever he's he's into at this the time. This is all in her book, by the way. It is in her book. She she wrote a memoir that was it's just come out in 2019, I believe. Mm-hmm. Right, fairly new. I'm planning on reading it. Um, so you know, Bill Cosby, we all know he's a scuzz. Well, the super scuzzy, and she attributes that to her drug and alcohol abuse throughout the rest of her, not her life, because apparently at the age of 23 it had gotten so bad that at the age of 23 she's like fuck this she gets sober she's been sober since the age of 23 she's now a recovery life coach she helps people to get their shit together yep. i think that's amazing i agree it is a wonderful story i plan on reading her book go check out her website if for nothing else just to see how she, this woman has aged like magically she's two years older than me and looks just fucking stunning she's just up yep. a, a, just a Lovely, lovely vision. So I, I don't she's, know. She's a, quite a bit. She's 58. She's quite a bit older than you are. Oh, okay, so then I watched an old video. <laughs> yeah, she's she, in the video, she's like, I'm 53 years old. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. This is an old but, video. But no, that's actually okay. All right. Okay, the only reason why I say you. that is because I, 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 want, I was going to bring up the Bill Cosby stuff, too. Okay. Um, and I saw that he's today 85. Yes. And she's 58. I thought it was interesting that they were switched. And I was like, yeah. that's 27 years difference. Yeah. He was 43 years old. And picked up a 16-year-old. Yeah. Now, one, this is back in, what, the 70s? Um, no, I think this was the... Well, yeah, yeah, yeah this 70s. Was the 70s. I'm sorry, yes, you're right. So, it's the 70s. Her parents are totally cool with this. Yeah. And 
nobody's questioning why he's hanging out with a 16-year-old. But see, she even says, though, think about the 70s. And people didn't have that immediate suspicion that that celebrities right. were doing, you know, untoward shit, right? Like, right. they didn't really have that. Because, like, they were just grateful for the opportunity for their daughter to get out and see the world. And they just probably figured she had her own hotel God. room and whatever. But she did not. If if my you know if my daughter or something was was picked up and they're like hey you know we want to take her out on the road and stuff no, like that no you would be like, like fuck to the no if, right who exactly. which one of the parents are you taking with you <laughs> right uh, because that's all that's going to happen um yeah i don't i i feel really terrible for her. and i'm not surprised that when you're i mean practically being forced against your will yeah. to do stuff now again I'm sure at the time he had convinced her that this is well, what absolutely. she wanted, he's, like the drugs and the alcohol. She's drunk. She's high. Right. She's happy. He's taking she's advantage of her. She's probably having a great time. He's completely taking advantage of her. There are some super creepy photos online yeah. of her fully dressed in jeans and a cute shirt. He's in a white, really short, gross yeah. robe. And I'm like, Bleh. and he's got a cigar in yeah. his mouth. And I'm like, God damn. It's, it, it's one of those things where, and it, it sucks because, I mean, you're a kid. You don't know what's going on. And then when you're an adult, you realize, wow, this was a this was a really fucked up situation. Yes. And then you have no choice but to go back and just kind of relive oh. it. So <laughs> I'm really I'm I'm really glad that she was able to kind of one she she came out against Bill Cosby when the the big allegations really kind of resurfaced mm-hmm. in the um, the 2010s. And then she wrote her, and I'm glad she wrote her mm-hmm. autobiography. I personally I I, I realize that there were technicalities that got him released from prison but still i i i I can't i can't understand how people are just comfortable with it's it was it was so and i didn't know that before about her and i was so shocked to see it yep um and again i'm just grateful that she turned her shit around and she seems to be doing really well um first person who told me about this was uh it was it was at the psychorama sleepover Mm -hmm. when faye was doing the uh the um, interesting facts about the films mm-hmm. and stuff. And then she's like, yeah, she uh, went around with a comedian and had a two and a half year love affair. And that person's name was William Cosby. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, super creepy. So, so wow. yeah, I've known about it for a bit, but at the same time, I'm just like, that's, it's just so fucked up. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that she's at least part of a film that, I mean, Hard Ticket to Hawaii alone has such a huge cult mm-hmm. following. This is the movie, and if, if people haven't seen it, like, you have seen the clips of some guy getting killed with a frisbee <laughs> or a guy on a skateboard getting blown up by a bazooka and then his blow-up doll also getting blown up by yes. a bazooka. For, I mean, because, you know, why wouldn't you use a bazooka? A bazooka <laughs> I can't even say A bazooka to blow up a sex doll. Like, one of the, one of the cheesy, like, you would win at a carnival. Like, yep. not even a good sex doll. Just no. like a blow-up, generic, This was know, not a real doll. Head. Right, not a real doll <laughs> at all. Yeah, it's um, it's a spectacular film, and I would highly suggest if you, if you listen to this and you're at all interested, watch Hard Ticket to Hawaii first. Yep. Branch out from there. Malibu Express is fun, but they don't all have the same charm. <laughs> if you're a horror fan, Hard Ticket to Hawaii is a dream. It is. It is. It's got. There's humor. There's sex. There's a killer snake. Killer snakes and toilets, when, and the and the snake looked like it's done some coke, right? Did, <laughs> yeah, did you notice that? Like, yeah, it's got a little like it's he, it's like the worst quite. Yeah, it's the worst puppet because they put like <laughs> fake 
fake <gasps> saliva, but it just kind of, it looks powdery. Oh my God, and every time you worst. see it, you're just going. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's a snake, but it more kind of falls. It doesn't really it slither. Does. Oh, it's just. Because it, it's just some guy's hand. Yeah. Apparently, that snake puppet still exists. Oh, I would love that. So his, uh, Andy Sedaris' wife still has it. She's like, it's in her attic. We've still got it. Oh, she needs to bust that shit out and do like a some so kind of. The one thing she did do, which I was lucky enough to finally get, um, she released frisbees. So there are hard to get to Hawaii official frisbees, and this is a quick story. So when I first saw this film, it was at the Psychorama sleepover, and one of the things you do is you have a little goodie bag, and, and you know this, mm -hmm. um, and you get something from the film that you know it's supposed to be reminiscent of the film, and they ordered frisbees from. You know, they, they said, you know, when they got, the, they talked to her right. and they were like, hey, can we give away Frisbees? And she only had like 30. Excuse me. I keep burping. I apologize. That's all right. Burp away, man. <laughs> so um, they, they didn't have Frisbees for everybody. And they were like, let's go order Frisbees on Amazon. And the Frisbees they got were not normal Frisbees. They were two inch in diameter. Oh, no, little baby Frisbees. They... they looked exactly and felt exactly like uh, Pringles tops. <laughs> wow, that's, that's not even close. And to it, it was a, it was such a big it was a big funny thing. So um, what they did is they did like random raffles for the uh, for the frisbees. For the real ones. And I didn't get one. I was stuck with the kind of flimsy one. I think I got a regular one. Yeah. I, I don't know which one you got. I don't know either. I don't even know where it is. Um, I know exactly where my two are. So later um, and it, it was really cool. Like I had um, painted Shades and the snake mm -hmm. from Hard Ticket, and I was super excited. And then Faye was like, "Hey, I've still got two of the frisbees. No one took them." She's like, "Do you want them? There's an orange one and a black one." And I'm like, "Hell yeah!" So they're hanging up on my walls. Nice. Oh, God, I I love those things. I was so bummed though when the Hard Ticket to to Hawaii vinyl came out. Mm -hmm. They had done a vinyl, and it's like oh a thick God. one yes. with razor blades on the I inside and sand. Yeah, she it was that. like 125 yeah. bucks, and. Uh, my my wife did not buy that for me. She got me the the snake one with like the blood, which was still cool. Um, I have an orange and green one, I think from Mondo. Maybe mm -hmm. I don't remember. Yeah, no, it was, it was all Mondo. They did okay. they did like seven different prints. Yes. and you could choose the type that you wanted. Yeah, which oh, is would, really cool. I would die to to have the, but yeah, Faye has the one <laughs> I believe with the the, the razor, razor blades. blades in the sand. I mean, that's just what. Yep. Yeah, it's that's so amazing. Cool. Uh, so yeah, I. Uh, any other facts? You know, I think that's about it. I just really, poor Andy Sedaris did pass away in 2007. He had throat cancer. Um, but he left behind this amazing legacy. Yep. And, you know, I, I can't suggest these films enough, Bullets, Bombs, and Babes. And like I said, I understand that we're a horror podcast, but we don't like to be put in boxes. So <laughs> this was just something that is so horror adjacent that I think any fan of just schlocky good film oh, yeah. will love these films and and you know i i just can't say enough i i didn't i didn't know about andy sedaris until the first time i saw hard ticket to hawaii and then i started kind of like researching and getting into him and i'm just such a huge fan i love everything about his world the fact that he worked with his wife so closely the fact that he gave women these and, and in the 90s that was just not done i, I just really yep. want to make that clear the, women who were exploited in 90s films were exploited yeah he didn't do that and I, I just appreciate it and i mean yeah he's kind of a scuzzy dude but what the fuck ever man you know he 
he did what he could do and I just I find it to be so charming and so amazing and I yep. love it no I agree all right well yeah. uh, I guess until next time then. I know we'll have to decide um, we will post what we what we're gonna talk about next but I'm glad we were finally able to have this conversation um, and yeah everyone have a great I hope time. You have a lovely weekend and we'll see you next time well that's it for our show so until then it's time to say good die for now follow us at all the ats facebook at the fright stuff pod instagram at the fright stuff podcast or twitter at the fright stuff we even have an email address the fright stuff podcast at gmail.com sharing is scaring tell us what you're watching what you want to hear your scary stories whatever curls your toes who knows Maybe your comments will end up on a future show. Until next time, stay weird, Winchester.